as much as I love the Taking Stock song, guys, I'm in a different vibe this evening. Give me freedom. Give me fire. Give me reason. Take me higher. Oh, 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 epic, epic, the best World Cup song ever. Can you believe that was from 2008? And that, fun fact, wasn't even the official World Cup song that year. That song was a, for a Coca-Cola ad featuring the rapper Kanan. I think he's Somali, Somalian and he lives in Canada. The official song that year was Waka Waka by Shakira, but that song lives on in our memories. Truly immortal. Which side are you guys repping for this year's World Cup? I'm Khalila Reynolds and welcome to another live edition of Taking Stock. We're bringing you all the latest business news, the latest money news, and telling you how it will affect you and your pocket. So let me know in the comments, which side are you repping in this year's World Cup? Drop your comments in the chat. I have Brazil and Argentina flags. That does not necessarily mean I'm supporting these teams. I don't really have a side. My side is the money side, as always. Actually, let me tell you something. I root for the African teams first, then Mexico, because it's close to Belize. And then probably I'd say Brazil and uh, the rest is up for grabs. After that, I just laugh at everybody else when your team loses. <laughs> That's what it is. So we're talking World Cup tonight. We're also still decked out for Christmas. That's because Santa Kay's giveaway show is coming up on December 15. I've got so many great prizes. So make sure that you mark your calendars. And if you want to participate, if you want your business to participate, just email business at kalilaraymedia.com for more information. Now, tomorrow night as well at 8 p.m., my brand spanking new Money Mission Masterclass drops. We'll be launching it right here on YouTube. So join me live again right here in this space. I'll be telling you all about it and doing some fantastic giveaways, not only the masterclass, but some other cool stuff as well, uh, great prizes. Make sure you're subscribed to the newsletter so you don't miss anything. We've got a lot going on in December. We'll be hitting the streets and doing some giveaways on the road. That should be fun. So go to kalilareynolds.com slash newsletter to subscribe. And of course, hit that like button, subscribe to this channel if you haven't done so already. Let me know in the chat, in the comments, where is everybody joining us from tonight? Now, here's a look at what's coming up in our show, followed by What's Hot in Business. And come on, let's get this money. Unless you've been living under a rock, you're probably one of millions watching the World Cup taking place in Qatar. How has Qatar benefited from the turnout financially? And how do countries like Jamaica profit from this huge sporting event? Athlete manager and head of Leap Marketing, Tanya Lee, will join us. And the analysts went on the latest market developments. Jamaica's economy grew 4.3% for the July to September quarter when compared to last year. And Black Friday online sales topped 9 billion US dollars, a new record. But first, here's what's hot, brought to you by JMMB Group, your best interest at heart. 
It's getting very busy over Jamaica producers. As the company has announced a second major venture in as many weeks, JP has joined forces with real estate investment company Epley to form Capital Infrastructure Group. The new company will focus on investing in infrastructure projects across the Caribbean, with JP and Epley controlling and managing the joint venture as equal partners. According to JP, the venture is being funded by capital commitments from both companies as well as anchor investor NCB Capital Markets. JP and Epley each own and operate significant infrastructure assets, including ports, energy and water projects. JP and Epley, through CIG, recently formed Rio Cobra Water Limited. RCW, in turn, has entered into a public-private partnership agreement with the National Water Commission to design, build, finance and operate a 15 million gallon per day water treatment plant under 25-year concession. Mayberry Investments is seeking to raise 5 billion Jamaican dollars or roughly 32 million US on the bond market. The secured bonds are being issued in four tranches, each valid at $1.25 billion. The first tranche has a dividend payout interest rate of 9.25% and matures in 13 months. Tranche 2 matures in 18 months and has a 10% interest rate. Tranches 3 and 4 mature in 24 and 36 months respectively and have interest rates of 11 and 12%. The bond offerings are set to open on December 2 and close on January 6. The minimum subscription for this offer is 20,000 Jamaican dollars or about 130 USD. Regency Petroleum received over $1 billion in subscriptions for its IPO. The company was only seeking to raise $287 million to pay off debt and fund its expansion plans. According to a statement from Regency, the IPO, which opened last Thursday, received over 10,000 applications and closed a day later. The preliminary basis of allotment should be published on the Jamaica Stock Exchange's website later this week. Regency's listing will make it the 101st company to be listed on the JC and 6th company to be listed on the junior market this year. Americans spent a record-breaking $9 billion US dollars shopping online during this year's Black Friday sales. According to Adobe Analytics, which tracks sales on retailer websites, this year's Black Friday online sales were 2.3% higher than last year. Electronics were the biggest draw up 221% over an average day in October. Toys were another popular category for shoppers, up 285%, followed by exercise equipment, up 218%. Adobe noted that some of that growth reflects higher prices and not higher volume, since its figures aren't adjusted for inflation. Flexible payment plan options such as buy now, pay later sales also increased by over 70%. What's Hot was brought to you by JMMB Group, your best interest at heart. This segment of Taking Stock is brought to you by Bulwark Insurance Agency, insurance made easy. Welcome back. Welcome back. Well, we're going to be talking all things World Cup, but let me first shout out our early viewers and see where you're from. A big international crowd joining us this evening. People from all over the world. I love to see it. Kish, of course, says, hey, it's football season. It's coming home. It's coming home. And of course, he's checking in from cold, cold London. 
Keisha is there in Manchester. Is that Manchester, England? <laughs> or Manchester, uh, Jamaica, also Orville in Spanish towns. Uh, Spain joining us. Manchester joining us. London joining us. We have Zodian present and ready to learn something new. Uh, Chipmunk is in Winnipeg, Canada. Barry White is in Long Island. James is in Mother Russia. Calder is checking in from Japan. Antoinette says, Arizona waiting. And yeah, so you guys are all over the place uh, tonight. Javon says, money talks, and you know the rest is always a pleasure. Uh, somebody wants to know where's the Germany flag. Let me see. Kish says, England, all the way. It's coming home. Well, Kish, of course, is in England. Uh, let me see who else we have. Kevin supporting Brazil. Kemoy supporting Argentina. Barry says, Tina for life. And Javon says, what's a World Cup? <laughs> What is a World Cup? You don't like football, Javon? You're one of the very few who don't like it. Keisha representing for Britain. Malik says France. Sorry, I can't see the flags. The, the flag icons aren't displaying. And Kemoy saying that this is a peculiar mouse. It's actually the Lenovo ergonomic mouse. You can get it at SMS. It's really, really comfortable on the hands. So that's why I like using it. So let's talk. Unless you've been living under a rock, you would know that the World Cup is now underway in Qatar. Millions are watching all over the world. So how has this country benefited from the turnout financially? And how can countries or how are we, like Jamaica, profiting from this huge sporting event? We'll discuss with athlete manager and head of Leap Marketing, Tanya Lee. Hello, Tanya. Hi, Kalilo. Thanks for having me. You're decked out in your Brazil colors, man. I have to wear my Brazil colors tonight and represent. For a team I've been supporting, by the way, I'm not on the wagon. I've been supporting them since 1994. So I don't have to ask you which team you're supporting because you, you literally wear it on your sleeve. <laughs> yes, I have. Yeah, there's an emotional connection. I, I wonder if it has something to do with the colors being like similar to Jamaica colors, apart from, of course, the, the, the sporting prowess of the country. No, it's a number of other things. I think one of them is that it's Brazil for us is a symbol of black pride because of mm -hmm. Pele, who was mm -hmm. considered in the 60s and 70s to be the greatest footballer in the history of the sport. And Pele actually visited Jamaica in the 70s, which was a massive deal for a country that has just um, come off of independence, you know, some a decade ago. Um, when you go back to the biggest part of our football in history. It's going to take you to 1998. And we actually had a Brazilian coach, Rene Simon. Right. So that the was the year that Jamaica made the World Cup. The year that Jamaica made the World Cup. So the love affair with Brazil dates back to Rene Simois and what his team would have done. I have in my office a Pele photo that my father-in-law actually took of Pele when he came to Jamaica in the 90s. And it's signed by Pele. So, it's, um, so Brazil has always really meant a lot to Jamaicans. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the reasons I'd, I'd like to root for Brazil as well. But like I said, I root for the African countries first, then Brazil. But uh, it goes back to Pele because when I was a kid, everybody was obsessed with Pele. Like that, it was that either was Pele or Maradona. But um, yeah. Pele means a lot to us. And I think that that is where it really started. And just... The similarity between the countries in terms of the attacking flair. We love a Neymar. Jamaicans, when you go to the national stadium, they want to see a shift. You must pile a man. We love the excitement and the flair of football. We're very animated people. And the Brazilians bring that excitement and that flair. So I think their energy matches our energy. 
And that's why you'll see Trench Town coming alive because of Brazil. Absolutely. Yes. So, so tell us about the economics or the finance part behind this year's budget. What is, uh, sorry, this year's World Cup. What is this year's budget compared to what it was four years ago? It's in the Middle East, which is also unprecedented. Yes, I mean, it's a significant budget. What Qatar has done for this World Cup is really blown it through the roof. We're looking at $669 billion in spend to date. How does that compare to 2018? That's US dollars. That's, that's US dollars. Now, how does that compare to 2018? Russia spent only $14 billion on the World Cup. In 1999, wow. in, in, if you were to put the figures together from 1990 to the 2018 World Cup, you're looking at about $48 billion in total spend for all the countries that hosted it. So they have more than quadrupled that spend. I don't know if they're going to make it back, Kalila. How do they make money from hosting a World Cup? Apart from, well, of course, they obviously have all of the fans and the tourists who come to the country. Well, that's the biggest bumper that they will see in the short term. They're really looking for long-term investments. But in the short term, they're looking for um, tourist arrivals. Obviously, they're looking to fill the stadiums that they've created. And in Qatar's case, they've built seven new stadiums. They've actually built an entire new city because it's actually a quite small country with not a large population. Jamaica has a bigger population than Qatar. Wow. They're 2.1 million strong. And about 70% of that are actually migrant workers from Pakistan and other countries that are paid very little to build these stadiums that we talk about. Um, they have built over 200,000 rooms because they didn't have the social infrastructure to host a World Cup. You're looking at 3 million people descending on a country to watch 50, 64 games over the course of a month. So you really have to get everything in place for that to happen. Now, what eventually happens when you host a World Cup of that magnitude in a small country is you create what we refer to as white elephants. Mm -hmm. So when the circus leaves town, a lot of that infrastructural stuff is unused. I'll give you an example of that. In Jamaica, in the 2007 Cricket World Cup, we created the Trelawney Multipurpose Stadium, and we really haven't used it since. So that's an example of what happened. Jazz and Blues, don't forget Jazz and Blues. But that's once a year, Kalila, that can't sustain a stadium that doesn't I know, I know, I know. Yeah. So what's going to happen is that there is this significant investment made by countries and they don't always recoup it. We went to France in 1998. France actually saw a decline in tourist arrivals the year after hosting that 98 World Cup because people were complaining about the heavy traffic. It was just undesirable you saw a decline in visitors because of things like the lack of security. There were higher prices when people went to France, so people thought France is expensive. So it doesn't always work out. And then there is the undesirable aspect of the bad publicity a country gets from the World Cup. In this case, Qatar has had a lot of bad publicity. You're talking about people saying there are over 7,000 migrant workers that died just from building these stadiums. You're talking about people saying that women are not allowed to marry without permission they're not allowed to divorce without male permission they can't play football in qatar as a woman without male permission wow. um there is just so many restrictions there and of course in terms of human rights the lgbtq community we've heard so much about it that i don't know that this is all favorable to qatar wow so why was it so important for them to make this major showing and for them to even make the bid and win the contract well, because of the passion that's associated with the football, it's a gambling. Eh? Oftentimes in marketing, you will probably throw a dart and see what sticks. 
Many countries want to host it because there are occasions in which it does pay off for you. You're going to see a bump in visitor arrivals. You're going to see a bump in airfare, hotel accommodation, restaurants, ticketing, even though the ticketing goes back to FIFA, by the way. But all the 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 all that happens, the bells and whistles around the World Cup. And then all, also you get an opportunity to sell your country and what it offers. Um, Qatar has a lot of oil and natural gas. They have a thriving economy, some of the wealthiest people in the world. And of course, that will attract investments. And Javon wants to know, when will Jamaica ever host the World Cup? How does the bidding process take place? I don't you think we have, have them the billions. You it's think we have them billions of dollars, Javon? We don't even have the capacity to do that. When you think about it, even just the player pool, the referee pool, the officiating pool, the players alone, there are 700 players from 32 countries that are in Qatar right now. I don't think Jamaica has that capacity. Just to tell you, the next World Cup is actually being hosted by CONCACAF. So you're going to have USA, Mexico, and Canada. All three countries are coming together to put on a spectacle on this side of the world. By the way, it's going to be Jamaica's best chance at qualifying because for the first time, we will have six qualification spots in CONCACAF. The host nation gets three of those, which is America, Mexico, and Canada. There are three other spots up for grab. All reggae boys are good enough to make that three. Wait, America, Mexico, and Canada are all hosting it together? They are. 2026 FIFA World Cup will be hosted by CONCACAF, yes. Interesting. So that's a lot for fans. That's a lot of traveling because normally it's concentrated in one city. It's actually a lot for everybody. It's a lot for FIFA. So let me give you an example. FIFA makes most of its money from broadcasting rights. So you think about the last World Cup in 2018 and they make the money on a four-year cycle. They made over $6 billion. Over $4 billion of that comes from broadcast rights. Why is the USA important? They bring huge um, viewership to the World Cup. So even this World Cup alone has seen a huge bump in terms of um, viewership for the US. And that's largely because in the last World Cup in Russia, the US were not there. And that had a decline in terms of viewership. And of course, you want to continue to grow football in those nations with, with huge spending power, with huge viewership, with sponsorships. And so I think it will be big for people. <clears throat> Yeah, but I'm trying to figure out the logistics of having the World Cup in three countries. And it's not three small countries, like small islands in the Caribbean. It's three massive countries. So the players have to travel from one country to the next. The fans have to travel. It's That's a lot of... Ooh, I, I see actually haven't looked at exactly how it will work, but there are tournaments in which you have different cities. So even in, I think, Brazil, in Rio... Um, I believe that match, well, they're typically played in different stadia anyway. So um, usually what you find too is that people develop new transshipment points. There are new roadways. There are new train lines that are developed just to ensure that people go from place to place easily, commute is easy during the World Cup. So I, I think there are countries. It's not, it's not within one. It's a, it's a far distance. Well, FIFA also, for the first time, will have more countries involved because usually there are 32 countries in the World Cup. For the 2026 version, there will be 48 countries. Wow. All right. So go Jamaica. Get your Jamaica flags ready. And we'll see Tanya draped in it next uh, next four years. Let's speak advertising because that is a massive earner as well. Can you say how much funds go into advertising the World Cup? 
there's a significant pool which goes into it. I'm not sure if you're referencing advertising or sponsorships, but for FIFA, there's a significant amount of sponsorships, monies that they collect from various companies. You're talking about some of the biggest companies in the world, a Coca-Cola and Adidas, Qatar Airways, there is a Qatari bank. They have some crypto and blockchain sponsors. I know that will interest you, Kalila, <laughs> and your audience. So yeah, let's see how that works out. <laughs> yes, so there is a huge sponsorship pool for them, um, Hyundai, Kia, Wanda, and of course, ticket sales. Every single person that buys a ticket in Qatar will actually be giving that money to FIFA because it goes right back into FIFA's um, pool. And you have tickets that range from, Kalila, these are some staggering figures. The cheapest ticket is 69 US dollars. You have for one match, you're looking at about $1,600 for the most expensive ticket. And then you have some VIP packages. Let me just put it in Jamaican context. The VIP packages have tickets that go all the way up to 3.5 million Jamaican dollars. Wow. For one ticket. It's a VIP package. So what it gives okay. you is access to about 19 games. But think of spending mm -hmm. that significant sum mm -hmm. just to be able to see the fixtures. Wow. Wow. That is amazing. So let's turn to Jamaica now. How does a country like us uh, benefit from World Cup? Because everywhere I go, I see the flags, I see the jerseys. I know the flagman. I'm happy right now. Listen, there are a lot of people who are happy right now. The flagmen on the road, anybody selling jerseys. And there are a lot of China-made jerseys in Jamaica, which people are okay with because they're thinking, do I want to buy a real kit for just a couple of days at the World Cup? My team is dropping out early. Brazil fans don't have that problem, by the way. We're going all the way. But um, so they make a lot of money. In terms of the companies that are advertising on TV, you have a huge global audience. In fact, the global audience is going to go up to the billions at the end of the World Cup. So everyone's tuning in to at least one fixture. So in terms of the advertising on air, um, for example, in Jamaica, one of my athletes, Khadija Bonishaw, is actually sponsored by KFC. She features heavily in a KFC ad. All the kids are excited and passionate about their, their leading goal scorer who is going to the FIFA Women's World Cup. And so you will see a bump in the, um, in the revenues for a KFC. In terms of alcohol consumption, well, they can't drink in Qatar because that's not allowed. But everywhere else, people are watching TV, they're drinking, they're opening a beer. You find that alcohol consumption goes up. The restaurants make more money because they have the big screens and people want to watch with friends, so they gather to watch. And of course, the broadcast rights holders make a lot, millions in sponsorships from the advertisers. Mm -hmm. Which you would know something about because you've been involved in, in that type of process. I would know something about it. It is, it is the most money that you will make in broadcasting, the Olympics and the World Cup. People will spend significantly because they know that they're entering the homes of every single Jamaican right throughout the 23 days of the FIFA World Cup. It's money well spent. Everybody benefits. Kalilo, even some of my athletes benefit because I have two, Andre Blake and Damian Lowe, who are analysts. They're footballers by day, but they're analysts during the World Cup because Jamaica isn't there. So they're cashing in as well. Mm -hmm. So uh, guys, for those of you who don't know uh, Tanya's background, she used to be, was it marketing manager at Sportsmax? I was VP marketing at VP Sportsmax. Marketing. Right. So a lot of those sponsorships, broadcast rights deals would be things that would come across my desk. Um, I know it very well, and I know that this is a pretty lucrative broadcast rights asset that you want to have at the table 
So Ali McIntosh and Verticast would be pretty happy to be able to secure that this time around. Of course, and right around the time when they secured that deal with CVM. So the timing was impeccable. It's a bingo. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, a bingo. So let's talk about sports betting. Is that particularly big in Jamaica? It is particularly big in Jamaica. It's big right across the globe. You find that once you are doing sports betting, the World Cup is such a huge tournament and it generates such massive interest that you're not just looking at a diehard football fan. You're looking at every single solitary person who is just enraptured by this tournament as a potential customer during the period. So you do have a lot of people who are looking to cash in. And I mean, if somebody cashed in on a match like, let's say, Saudi Arabia versus Argentina, the odds for Saudi Arabia to win that match was significant because nobody thought it. Argentina came into this World Cup with 36 undefeated matches. They hadn't been beaten since 2019. So for years, they hadn't been beaten. Nobody thought that a small team like Saudi Arabia. I mean, all reggae boys had beaten Saudi Arabia in Saudi Arabia. So it wasn't expected. That's a huge cash in. Absolutely. So guys, those of you who are, well, everybody who's watching tonight, I know you guys are heavily interested in stock market. Imagine what Supreme Ventures uh, fourth quarter is going to look like because they had World Cup betting going on, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And what you find is that people bet always. You bet, bet for a win, you bet for a draw, you do, you do you know, the loss, and then you find that you may be able to recoup that money if you're mm -hmm. smart in how you spend it. Absolutely. Tanya, I see my viewers being very pleased with you. Everybody's saying, wow, you're so knowledgeable. Somebody said that they could sit and listen to you for hours. Thank you. Is that Orville from Spanish Town? Big up Spanish Town. I'm from Insom City. Hey, represent your spot. Thank you so much, Tanya, for this uh, this breakdown. Absolutely. You know your stuff, man. Thank you for having me. And I want to say one last thing. This is also an immense opportunity for the players that are at the tournament because January is the start of the transfer window in football. So a lot of teams are going to be looking at players to see who did well. And a lot of players are going to be going back to their clubs, the agents, to say, listen, we performed really well. Let's put some more money on the table to keep our players. So everybody wins. Mm. Except Kemoy. the host country. <laughs> oh, boy. Kemoy says that you need a, a podcast or some form of long discussion to share your expertise. Anything in the works? Thanks, Kemoy. I'm, not, I'm always very... I don't like to hear myself on screen. I don't like to watch myself, but I like to create value. So it's something that I'll con consider. But I will say that, Kalila, I'm happy to come on at any time and talk about any sporting event. Yeah, your, your fans are speaking. Rick says, nice. Barry says, you are amazing. Strong links say, articulate. Yeah. Big ratings for you tonight, uh, Tanya. Nick says, class is in session. Thank you so much once again. I will, we'll talk soon. Thank you. I'm big up case, my 40s friend. Uh, <laughs> yes. All right, guys. So our poll question for this evening is not on sports, actually. It's on a big business story this week. Regency Petroleum's IPO uh, closed last week. And you saw the news in What's Hot in Business that it was about four times oversubscribed. They received over a billion dollars in offers for this IPO. So did you invest in Regency Petroleum's IPO? Yes, I made sure to apply early. No, I didn't want to invest in it. Uh, see, I'm tired of these one-minute IPOs. No, I spent my money on sports betting or something else. Let us know. Uh, did you invest in Regency Petroleum's IPO? 
And you can take that poll on Twitter or on my YouTube channel. And while you're at it, hit that like button. Up next, we've got your market recap and the analysts are standing by. This segment of Taking Stock was brought to you by Bulwark Insurance Agency, insurance made easy. Time now for your market recap. The JSE Combined Index gained over 2,000 points last week. 125 stocks traded across the main and junior markets for the week, ending Friday, November 25, 2022. 56 made gains, 53 lost value, and 16 stayed the same. 90 million shares changed hands on the Jamaican dollar market, valued at $475 million. Wigton Wind Farm was the week's most traded stock. It took up 27% of market volume, with people buying and selling 25 million shares in the company. The stock opened this week at 59 cents. Everything Fresh was the second most traded stock, with people buying and selling 10 million shares in the company. It lost 4 cents to open Monday at $1.45. One-on-one -on -one rounded out last week's most traded, taking up almost 7% of market volume. 6 million shares traded. The stock lost $0.07 cents to open this week at $1.34. Now let's see who had the biggest gains for the week. JMMB 7.25% was last week's top stock, up 25%, to open the new week at $3.35. Jamaica Producers was the week's second biggest gainer, up 23%, to open Monday at $22.62. The company announced two big moves in the past two weeks, including a merger with Panjam and a joint venture with Epley. And rounding out our biggest gains, Blue Power Group is up almost 18% to open the week at $3.17. On the losing side now, ISP Finance is last week's biggest loser, down 19%. The stock opened Monday at $14.98. Epley Caribbean Property Fund, SCC, had the second biggest dip last week. The stock was down almost 19% to open the new week at $36.50. And Iron Rock Insurance fell 18%, closing the week at $2.18. Over on the Trinidad and Tobago Stock Exchange, there was no change on the composite index last week. Massey Holdings was the most traded stock. It opened this week at $4.50 TT. Endeavor Holdings was the market's biggest gainer, up almost 13%, to open this week at $8 TT. And on the losing side, Anthem Mac AI fell 6% to open Monday at $50 TT. Over in the U.S., the Dow Jones gained 2% last week, while the S&P 500 gained 1.5% and the Nasdaq remained mostly flat. At the pumps, motorists got another small win last week, as gas and diesel prices all fell a further $4.50. In foreign exchange, it took an average $155.04 Jamaican to purchase one U.S. dollar last Friday. That's 22 cents more than a week before. Meanwhile, it took an average $117.82 Jamaican to purchase one Canadian dollar. One British pound cost an average $187.45 Jamaican. And you could buy one euro for $163.18 Jamaican on average. Finally, on the crypto markets, Bitcoin gained almost 5% last week, trading at $16,498 on Friday. And Ethereum was also up, gaining 8% last week. The cryptocurrency traded at $1,198 on Friday. This segment of Taking Stock, the Analysts, is brought to you by JMMB Group, your best interest at heart. Disclaimer, this is not intended as financial advice. Please consult a licensed financial advisor before making investment decisions. 
Welcome back. Thank you so much. Uh, wow, a lot of comments in the chat. Thank you for your uh, <laughs> for your comments here. Rick had mentioned something that I wanted to get back to, and he mentioned. Let me see if I can find the message from Rick. Uh, he said, "Yes, remember the construction technology used in Qatar for the stadium is like Lego blocks. You can pull down and rebuild." I did see that that they're building all these stadiums. Well, I don't know if it's all of them out of shipping containers basically so you can pull them down and rebuild and i saw tanya commenting that she didn't know that so see tanya doesn't know everything everything <laughs> but tanya your fans uh, are really loving you this evening i see people commenting on the regency petroleum ipo as well first of all elaine said tanya too bad your team will fail you <laughs> Oh boy. Okay. Aline says 10K shares coming up. Only spent 10K. Kish says, yes, he did apply for Regency. Calder says, yeah, I did too. So did Nori. So did Jackie. Sherika says, no. Zodian says, I applied early. And Barry says, I did, but it means uh, I will not get even half of my requirement. You know how it goes with small IPOs. Well, let us introduce our analyst panel for this evening. Let's see who we have on. I'm joined by Shauna K. Reed, Shauna K. Kelly Reed, trader at JMMB and CEO of Profit Jumpstarter, Keisha Bailey. Hi, ladies. Hey. Hi. Hi. Good evening. I'm just realizing it's an all-woman show tonight. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love it. Very nice and very unusual for an investment program as well. Women in finance. Love it. Loving it, loving it. And Shauna K, I know that you've been having some technical difficulties this evening. So viewers, just bear with us. All right. So let's look at Jamaica's economic recovery first. This is based on a recent report from the PIOJ. They are reporting that Jamaica is estimated to have grown 4.3%. So decent growth for Jamaica. What do you make of the numbers, Shauna K? All right, for me, this is good, Kalila, because what we've been facing in Jamaica, um, 0.5 growth in our economy for years and um, coming out of the COVID pandemic, I think uh, 4.3 is very good. I mean, compared to global forecasts, Jamaica, I think, outperforming the bigger countries, namely the US, the UK, um, they have more robust economies than ours, but they've been projected to grow at lower rates than where we are right now. So for me, that is very good. And um, as we continue to move forward in this economic um, time, I think that the country is poised to do better in terms of where we're seeing growth coming from tourism agriculture um for me those are big things because um if you look at the tourism sector you can see so much linkages that you know it will help the economy to grow we'll have more drivers of economic growth coming up shortly all right so let me share my screen here and show you guys what sectors actually did well so you guys can see it uh, so the numbers, okay, here we go. So these are Statin's numbers. This, this is an article from the Observer, but this graphic is created by Statin. So we see services up by 4.7%, goods up by 3.2%, agriculture, 15%, manufacturing up 3%. Construction is actually down 
Uh, does that surprise you, Shana Kay, that construction is down in the past quarter? Not at all. Um, Kalila, we have to think about what the pandemic has caused for us in terms of, of logistics, um, production. We've been seeing where, you know, the countries that we do import a lot of our raw materials from for the construction industry, such as lumber, steel, um, we're seeing where production stalled in most of these countries throughout the pandemic, and then we had a logistics issue. So we can see where it's coming from because these, these things know um, there's a dramatic price jump in these um, costs. And so remember, you know, construction from, you know, buying the land to get in the apartment or complex whether commercial or residential complex to the market, it takes about three years. And so before now, we had where, you know, persons were willing to buy into the industry because interest rates were low and we want they wanted tangible assets and because the interest rate was ne negligible. So they wanted tangible assets. And so they were willing to buy into real estate. No the cost of building or the original cost that they would have priced their apartment or their complex into um, that is no longer where they're pricing and so persons now contractors have to know take a smaller margin or reprice their entire sale agreement to ensure that you know they're not taking up losses or too big of a loss mm, okay interesting let's look at a few other other sectors keisha you can feel free to weigh in here as well so bring up back the the charts producer uh, we have services so hotels and restaurants up about 30 percent wholesale and retail up seven and a half percent other services five electricity and water up about four percent transport up three percent real estate up one percent Finance and insurance, I don't normally see that on the chart. That's up 1%. And products, producers of government services up by a slight amount as well. So, Keisha, let me hear your take on, on all this, the economic developments. So, I'd say because we're coming off of the 2021 base, um, if you could just probably bring back the chart, um, it is oh. as expected um, somewhat in terms of the numbers that we're seeing nothing really pops out to say well you know this is a bit off except really the construction number and i do agree with chanaki that it is supply chain related more than likely but the key things we want to focus on are the sectors of growth and then when we tie that back in i always i'm gonna just the money <laughs> the, the investor perspective of it of exactly. it then we're looking on agriculture forestry and fishing that sector and then hotels and restaurants. So we think about companies that have exposures to these sectors and how can we monetize the growth that we're seeing here. I think also what's important on the report is the outlook, the future, because this would have already occurred from July to September, but what's in the outlook? What's What should we anticipate going forward? So I was just taking a look at that. And based on the report, it's saying the short-term prospects are favorable because we have the resumption of production at the Jamalco Alumina refinery that's coming on. Hotel activity is picking up as well. And so we're expecting then further growth in the economy. 
And that means the short-term economic outlook is fairly positive. When we tie that into now investing, it means opportunities for investments are coming. Of mm. course, you still have those risks, supply chain, we think about adverse weather conditions and the possibility of the BOJ possibly increasing rates if we continue to struggle with inflation. But I'm very happy to see that the outlook is positive. Looking out um, into the next quarter or two, that's positive. So it means there will be opportunities for us to see favorable growth in um, the different companies from a revenue and profit perspective. So speaking of opportunities, Black Friday online sales. Black yep. Friday weekend just wrapped up, so you know it goes. You have Black Friday, Small Business Saturday. I don't think Sunday has a name. And then you have Cyber Monday. Yeah. And those sales this year have topped $9 billion U.S. dollars. That's a new record. So what yeah. does that tell you, Keisha? All right. So on any given day, believe it or not, we have 2.3 billion, two to 3 billion US dollars in retail sales every day, every day, 2 billion to 3 billion US dollars in sales. On Black Friday this year, we had $9 billion, which is a new record and it's up 2% over last year. So people are coming out and they're spending. I also was, um, I was able to get the Cyber Monday numbers. And that's even stronger. We have oh, so the nine billion is Black Friday alone, not the whole Black Friday weekend. The day, the wow. day. Wow, wow! <laughs> it's big because two to three billion is the normal. Nine billion is what we had in retail spending on the day of Black Friday, and then Thanksgiving, the Thursday, we had five point two nine billion in sales. The Friday, nine billion, and then on Cyber Monday, we had eleven point three billion dollars that's a lot of money that's a lot of people Cyber Monday was even bigger than Black Friday. yes that is Cyber Monday did better. i thought i thought the u.s was in a recession <laughs> people exactly people are spending so that's the important part when we look now at the nature of the spending how are people able to afford all of these items and what are they buying so the top buys this year were electronics Toys oh, and exercise equipment. Exercise equipment. Yeah, so that one kind of um, shocked me a bit. Um, but I guess, you know, for the new year, everybody thinking, you know, let me get my body right. So electronics, toys, and exercise equipment. Most of the purchases also were done through mobile. So we had 48% of the sales where people just went on the phone and they did the transactions there. That's up from last year where we had 44%. So more people are using their phones to do the transactions, right? So less people sitting in front of a screen, typing away at the deals. They're just using their phone and just making the sales. Now, when we think about how were people able to pay for all of these items, the big thing this year are what's called buy now, pay later. Um, in the fintech space, huh? After pay. Yes, Afterpay, Paybright, Affirm, it's very popular in the U.S. and in Canada. So what persons are doing, you're able to buy now, buy the item now, and pay for it over with installments over usually 6 to 24 months that you get to pay. However, you're paying zero interest, which is fantastic because you are splitting up the payments over time and you're not being charged to split up those payments so it's how very is that attractive possible? like how do you how, do, how are they able to offer that service for zero interest uh so the the inner workings of it is that um a firm pay bright after pay their business model is that they charge the vendors 
So the vendors are the, the companies that pay. So your Macy's, your Steve Madden, your even Sheen, they, the vendors pay a firm or after pay, not the consumer. Mm. So that's how they make money. Mm -hmm. You know, I mentioned this to Kadeen at Dollar the other day. I'm like, you know, yeah. I could use something like that here in Jamaica, especially yes. for the, especially since online sales are starting to, to gather steam and businesses are shifting to online spend. And he's like, oh, they do have a product. I forget what he said it's called, but he said they do offer that service, but it hasn't really taken off. Uh -huh. like, when I, like when I mentioned it, I just saw the energy drain from his face. Like <laughs> I could <laughs> tell that it was kind of a sore spot. Right, because there's a lot of operational headache behind it because mm -hmm. what if the person returns the item? <laughs> there's a lot of back and forth that needs to occur. And then it's a credit card that's tied to these recurring payments. If your credit card expires, your credit card, you know, bounces or support. It's a lot that goes into making sure that you collect the payments because you would have paid out all of the money up front to the vendor. And then you're waiting now for 24 months to be able to collect your money. So it takes time to get it. It, it creates cash flow problems. On top of that, will you really get the money? But that's really where a lot of the retail spending is occurring for this Black Friday. It's tied up in the buy now, pay later. Um, so that now has implications on what debt levels, consumer debt levels will look like. So we have to monitor that for sure. So Shauna K, I want you to weigh in on this because Vidal says 12 to 24 months to pay with such economic conditions sounds like a recipe for disaster. What do you think, Shauna K? Uh, it's not necessarily a recipe for disaster. Um, in the past, we've seen where several companies, what they normally do is sell the merchandise to customers. And so what we what we had then was that um, on their books, you know, they would have these sales numbers. However, there would be a mixed match in terms of the incoming profit, or, sorry, in inflow for the payment so i mean these guys have taken that system up a notch in terms of you know finding a middleman to accept that risk and the companies that do the sale they are now able to get their sale make their profit and somebody is left holding the risk no the thing for the middleman is that um the more persons come on board and the more reliable the system becomes, what you find is that now they're able to cut down on the teething pains that Keisha mentioned earlier. So um, as these big guys in the US, Canada, as they refine this product, I mean, locally, we will take and maybe we're tweaking and see how best it will work in our neck of the woods. Yeah. Do, you, do Jamaicans really participate in Black Friday? Yes, I, I think, think so. Uh, based on I numbers so. and the shopping emails I get from Jamaica, they do. I see um, the, the mail packs, the rocket ships saying they have extended hours. They themselves offering deals, so I think so. But <laughs> I mean, locally, locally. So I, know, I know, yes, we go online for the Black Friday sales and then we import the items, but locally, do we participate to that extent? Do the vendors, uh, Shauna Kay? 
Kalila, I don't know if you were on the road this weekend, but let me tell you. I was not every, intentionally. Everywhere I passed, there was no parking. Persons were fighting for parking on the roadside. Um, so there's a lot of, I mean, Friday coming home from work again. Um, persons were out there in their numbers. I went on the road Saturday and I had to leave and come back and get home before I was finished my business because too many persons were on the road looking deals. All right. Well, things are looking up. I participated in Black Friday. I had something to sell on the sell side. <laughs> and I would tell you, it was a very successful Black Friday promotion. Thanks, guys. Um, and well... On that note, let me thank Keisha and Shauna Kay for joining us. And Keisha, you will be back with me tomorrow night nice. around this time because we are launching a brand new Money Mission Masterclass. And Keisha has an entire module in that class, 40 minutes, where she's going to be teaching you how to find great companies to invest in. And yeah. keep that acronym in mind, G-R-E-A-T. She'll tell you exactly what that means. You're excited for tomorrow, Keisha? Very, very, because we are dropping the, the ultimate gem in terms of investment education. So very excited about that. Very happy for tomorrow as well, because the team boss, this is everything you will need. <laughs> All yes. packaged very nicely. Finally, I can't wait to listen. We've been working on this for so long, yes. like literally pretty much all year. Ever since I launched the last one, I started working on the new one. <laughs> we tried trying to get the information together. Thank you so much, Keisha. Thank you, Shauna Key. All right. We'll take a quick break. We'll be comments. This segment of Taking Stock, The Analysts, was brought to you by JMMB Group, your best interests at heart. Hey, moneymakers, you're not an official part of the family until you have your merch. Visit kalilareynolds.com store to order your t-shirt and your mask today. Let's get this money. And of course, you do have new merch. I need to do a new ad for the new t-shirt. The black and gold is looking really, really nice. So let me check out your comments. And I see a lot of comments here, <laughs> starting with Tanya says, Brazil will win. I'll eat paper if we don't. Paper is very tame, Tanya. That's, I mean, anybody can eat paper. That's, that's not a serious bet. Tanya, you need to give us something stronger than that. Nick says, IPO madness is something else for sure. Most of my trading funds were already tied up in stock, so I couldn't catch any deals. Roswell says, yeah, lots of deals on the market. Can't wait to deposit more funds. And Roswell again said, stocks I see made small moves, made me a 10% gain. Yup, I had to catch a small trade to balance the portfolio. Ball. 10% is a, a nice a nice gain. Nick saying 10% allocation of Regency wouldn't be too bad for me. Elaine says more IPOs coming up. I expect the deals to continue into next year because, yes, there are rumors that more things are coming up indeed. Elaine saying deals like crazy. I was busy mopping up the blood. <laughs> Olivia says I'm here for three months. Three months? But anything on the Mayberry Bond invitation... We should be having something coming up for you later this week on the Mayberry Bond Invitation. We have uh, an interview booked, but I just need to, to tidy up everything, confirm everything. But we should be having more information for you later this week. That bond offer opens December 6th, which is, is that Monday? Check my calendar. Yes, it is next week, Monday. So it will be coming out well in time for you to review 
and make your decision. Also, you can check out some videos from other uh, creators as they learn, grow, invest. Interviewed Gary Peart about it last night. So you can head over to their channel, Learn, Grow, Invest, guys. They also have uh, their Wealth Summit coming up this weekend. I'll be participating. So will Keisha. So will many of your fam uh, your favorite uh, financial influencers and speakers and so on. Jillian, I know, is part of it. Um, Simon from Stocks on the Rocks, a whole bunch of people. So check out Learn, Grow, Invest channel. Jackie was also echoing the sentiment that she needs more information on Mayberry's bond. And Javon weighing in on that comment about Black Friday saying Jamaicans don't do well with borrowing. So it's a bad idea to have afterpay for Jamaicans. What do the rest of you guys think? Weigh in in the comments below. Well, that is going to do it for our show today. Um, let me just remind you to like the video, subscribe to the channel, share with a friend, subscribe to the newsletter, guys. KhalilaReynolds.com slash newsletter. This is where you get a free copy of the broker guide and all the latest information, all the promotions, all what's hot in business and everything else. And you can be the first to see everything when it drops. We want to help people learn more about money so we all get this money together. Reminding you as well that Santa K's giveaway show is coming up on December 15th. I've got so many great prizes, so make sure that you mark your calendars. And all you got to do to participate if you are a business owner, if you have a product or service that you want to promote, on our giveaway show, just email business at kalilaraymedia.com to find out how you can be a part of that show. I'm going to be giving away my masterclass. I'm going to give away some money. I'm going to give away some t-shirts. I'm going to give away VIP burner boy tickets. Let me tell you. And wait till I tell you some of the businesses that we have confirmed that are actually going to be giving away their products or services during the show as well. I can't wait to drop that knowledge on you. And then, of course, tomorrow night at 8 p.m., I've been telling you about it. My brand spanking new Money Mission Masterclass drops. We'll be launching it right here on YouTube. So join me live again here in this space. I'll be telling you all the details and doing some giveaways. Make sure you're on the newsletter, like I said. We've got so much going on in December. You don't want to miss it. We'll also be hitting the streets and doing some giveaways on the road. So that should be pretty fun. And reminding you one last time to hit the like button, subscribe to this channel if you haven't done so already. Follow me all over social media. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok at Kalila Ray and at KRM underscore business news on IG. And remember, these are my only accounts. I don't have any backup accounts. I will not be in your DMs asking you to invest uh, crypto with me. You don't need to send me and ask me if this is me. No, it's not. Just automatically know that that's not me. All right. If you want to connect with the analysts this week, check the description box below for their contact information. And you can also visit our website, kalilarunnels.com, for financial information you can use however you like it. You can watch, you can listen, or you can read. Now tell your friends all about taking stock because investing is the new sexy Let's make it cool to talk about money. I'm Kalila Reynolds. Thanks for watching. See you tomorrow. Let's get this money. <laughs>